0: Amen. Well, please take your Bibles and turn with me now to the book of Ruth. We're in Ruth chapter 2 today. Our Advent series is called Ruth, a Christmas Story. And, and we're seeing how, how the, uh, the people and events in the book of Ruth really prepare the way uh, for Christ at Christmas. And last week, we looked, folks, in the parallels between Ruth and the book of Ruth and Mary in the Christmas story. Today, we're going to focus on the men in the stories, on Boaz and uh, Joseph. And uh, and what we learn when we get to Ruth chapter 2 is that uh, the book of Ruth is not only the story of a young woman who made a radical commitment of faith, that's what we saw last week, it's also, also the story of a righteous man. The story of a righteous man who offered kindness, protection, and provision to a young woman in her time of need. And that's an amazing thing. Because that's a, that's a description of the book of Ruth. It's also a description of the Christmas story, uh, as we'll see with Joseph. You know, when we last left Ruth and Naomi, they had just returned to Bethlehem with nothing, right? Ten years earlier, Naomi left Bethlehem. She moved to Moab. She had a husband. She had two sons. She comes back now. Her husband has passed away. Her children have passed away. Ruth, she's from Moab. She married one of Naomi's sons. And so when Naomi's sons died, Ruth also became a widow but now she was a young widow and if she'd stayed in Moab she easily could have remarried uh, she easily could have had a family and future of her own instead what did we see last week she committed herself to the Lord in faith she chose to go with Naomi to Bethlehem uh, where it was unlikely that she would ever remarry or have children well enter Boaz Boaz because the book of Ruth folks it's not only a Christmas story but it is a love story. It's not just the story of Ruth. It's the story of Ruth and Boaz. It's this beautiful story of faith and love and commitment resulting in the birth of a child who will indeed change the world. And the predominant thing that we, we, we learn about Boaz here in chapter 2 is that Boaz was a righteous man. Right? That's what we just said. The book of Ruth is the story of a righteous man who offers kindness, protection, and provision to a young woman in her time of need. So that's the question we want to look at this morning. What is a righteous man? What does a righteous man look like? How does a righteous man act? And uh, as we uh, look at Boaz this morning, I want us to look at five characteristics of a righteous man that we find here in chapter 2. Uh, there's an outline in your worship guide. I encourage you to take that out to follow along. And uh, even though we're focusing on the men in the story this week, last week it was the women, this week is the men, these principles really apply to all of us. So whether you're a man or a woman this morning, uh, listen for God's word to you uh, through his word. So first of all, a righteous man puts God first in his life. That's where we start. A righteous man puts God first in his life. And so here we are, chapter 2, verse 1. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And so here we learn that Boaz is related to Naomi. Uh, On her husband's side, he's a man of standing. The fact that he is related to her deceased husband, that's very important. That's what we're going to look at next week with the kinsman redeemer. The fact that he's a man of standing tells us that this man... This man has power, he has wealth, he has status and influence. He's got a good reputation in the community. And when you read verse 1 of chapter 2, you just know right away, this man Boaz, he has an important part to play in this story. Then uh, the next verse, Ruth makes a decision. She goes into the fields to glean, verses 2 and 3. Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. You might remember last week, Ruth and Naomi arrived in Bethlehem when just in time for the barley harvest, just as the barley harvest was beginning. Now, when God gave Israel the law uh, in the Old Testament, he made provision for the poor people in the land. He commanded uh, the Israelites, said, when you reap the harvest of your land, he said, don't reap to the edges of your field. Don't gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them there for the poor and the alien. Well, Ruth qualifies as both. She's poor and she's an alien. She's a foreigner. And so she goes forth to glean. And when she does, she just happens okay she just happens to find herself working in this field belonging to Boaz now the narrator is having some fun with us here okay we know he knows this is no coincidence right because there are no coincidences in life there are only God incidences in life and God's hand is clearly at work in this turn of events and then verse four we finally get to meet Boaz just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you. They called back. What did we say? A righteous man puts God first in his life. And it is clear from the start, Boaz is a man who puts God first. In fact, God, God's name, that, those are the very first words we hear from his lips as he greets the harvesters. What does he say? The Lord the Lord be with you. Boaz is a good man who loves the Lord. He loves people. It's obvious the people love him also. They, they, they return his blessing. The Lord bless you. They called back. A righteous man puts God first in his life. Let me ask you, do you put God first in your life? Do you treasure God before all else? That's our first characteristic of the righteous Person. Secondly, a righteous man shows kindness to the poor. We see this in the next verses. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, whose young woman is that? And the foreman replied, she is the Moabitess, who came back from Moab with Naomi. And she said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest In the shelter. So now we come to that critical turning point in any love story, right? Boy meets girl, girl meets boy, right? It's always there. Well, here's where it happens. You know, Boaz, he's a wealthy landowner. He has many servants and many harvesters working in his fields. There are plenty of the poor gleaning in the fields. And yet he takes notice of Ruth. Something about her catches his eye. He takes notice of her. He asks about her. Notice how the foreman identifies her. Doesn't even call her by name. To him, she is just the Moabitess. She's that girl who came from Moab with Naomi. And I'm sure there was contempt in his voice as he said it, because this is Ruth's identity at this point in the story. She is a foreigner. She is an outsider. She does not belong here. Boaz not only notices her, but he calls calls her over. Himself, right? The owner of the field calls her over, speaks kindly to her. Look at verses 8 through 10. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field. Don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I've told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. And at this she bowed down with her face to the ground and she exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, A foreigner. So Boaz encourages Ruth, he says, keep gleaning in the fields. Don't go anywhere else. He tells the man, don't bother her. He even gives her permission to drink from the men's water jars. And Ruth is astounded. She knows her place. She's a foreigner. And yet this wealthy man not only takes notice of her, but he also shows her kindness when she has no way to pay him back. By the way, Jesus told us that that's the very best way to give when you give to those who cannot return. Luke 14, Jesus said this when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And That's why I love ministries like Operation Christmas Child, the shoeboxes that we all just did, or Project Angel Tree, because you're giving to people who not only cannot pay you back, right? They don't even know who you are. That's the best giving of all. That is truly unselfish giving. That's our second characteristic. A righteous person shows kindness to the poor. Thirdly, a righteous man encourages people in their walk with the Lord. Do you do that? Do you encourage other people in their walk with the Lord? A righteous person does. When Ruth asked Boaz, said, why are you showing me such kindness? This is how he responded. I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And when Boaz looks at Ruth, he doesn't just see a poor foreigner working in his fields. He sees a woman who made a radical commitment of faith to the Lord. By coming to Israel and taking care of Naomi. And so he encourages her. He encourages her in his walk with the Lord. He he just speaks about God to her, right? He speaks words of blessing. May the Lord, the Lord repay you. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel. It's under his wings you've come to take refuge. How about you this morning? Have you come to take refuge under the wings of the God of Israel? Have you come to him? He is a loving God. He will never leave you nor forsake you. No one who trusts in him will ever be put to shame. Jesus died on the cross so that you could have a relationship with God and come under God's protection. And so let us remind each other of that, right? Let's encourage each other to keep our eyes on Christ and always look to him. For our strength. And Ruth. She was certainly encouraged by Boaz's words. Look at her response. Verse 13. She said. May I continue to find favor favor in your eyes my Lord. You have given me comfort. Right? Comfort. Encouragement. You've spoken kindly to your servant. Though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. A righteous person encourages people in their walk with the Lord. Number four. A righteous man protects and provides. Protects and provides. Look at the next verses, 14 through 16 with me now. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted, had some leftover. Now, as she, as she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stocks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and do not rebuke her. Boaz showed Ruth even further kindness by providing her a solid meal for lunch. This may have been her first good meal in a long time. She ate all she wanted. She even had some left over. Then Boaz gives additional orders to his men. Usually the gleaners, right, were only supposed to follow behind and pick up any of the stray stalks that fell on the ground. But Boaz gives Ruth special permission to glean even among the sheaves. The sheaves were those piles of grain, right, that the harvesters bundled together. And not only that, he also tells, tells his workers, he says, you know, if you see Ruth behind her, just pull some out and just start dropping them behind you, <laughs> you know, drop off some extra for her uh, as you go along. And once again, he puts her under his protection. He's already told the men not to touch her. Now he tells them, do not embarrass her. Do not rebuke her. Because you see, a righteous man protects and provides. I would especially like to address any of the young men young men who are here with us today, because someday God may grant you a girlfriend, and then a fiancé, and then a wife, and your job as a man is to protect her and provide for her. You are to treat her with honor and respect before and after marriage. You are to guard her purity and her reputation before marriage, and then you are to be faithful to her once you are married. Too many men in our society are not acting like men. Don't be like the culture. A righteous man protects and provides. And then finally, number five, God uses a righteous man to bless others. You know, we've seen Boaz on all of these things. Did he put God first in his life? Yep. He showed kindness to the poor? Yes. He encouraged Ruth in her walk with the Lord. He he protected her and provided for her. And what is the result? Blessing. Look at verses 17 and 18. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. She threshed the barley she gathered. And it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. So Ruth, she, she works hard all day, and, and at the end of the day, then she's threshing all of the barley she gathered, and it amounted to an ephah. Can you believe that? An ephah. A whole ephah. You're all saying, I have no idea what an ephah is, right? You're like, What's an ephah? I, I've never seen it on the scale at Publix. What's an ephah? An ephah is about 30 pounds of grain, okay? That was enough food for a whole month. One day's work. First day in the job. Most cleaners would be happy to go home with just one or two pounds of grain. Ruth comes home struggling with a whole sack full. Not only that, remember that meal of roasted grain that she had for lunch? She put the leftovers in a doggy bag, right? Brings it home. Gives it to Naomi for supper. And now it's Naomi's turn To be astounded. Look at verse 19. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. And then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz. Oh, Boaz. Naomi knows that name. The Lord bless him, Naomi said. He, that is the Lord, the Lord has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. And she added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. And that's uh, what we're going to look at next week in chapter 3. Very important concept, key part of the story. But then Ruth's got more good news to share with Naomi. Verse 21, Ruth the Moabite has said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls because in someone else's field you might be harmed. In other words, this was not a one-day fluke. Ruth would continue to glean safely in the fields of Boaz throughout the entire harvest. And then you get to verse 23, last verse in the chapter, one more blessing still. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat Harvests were finished And she lived with her mother-in-law So Ruth gleaned in Boaz's fields Not just for the barley harvest But the wheat harvest too Barley harvest, that was about three weeks Wheat harvest would take about four weeks Ruth was blessed with seven weeks Of solid gleaning In which she probably stored up Sufficient food for the entire year It was a blessing And it all came about Because of Boaz's righteous actions because once again God uses a righteous person to bless others once again we bring it back to ourselves do you want your life to be a blessing to other people of course you do do you want your life to be a blessing then follow God follow Christ and allow God to form his righteousness in you now we haven't gotten to Christmas yet Let's get to the Christmas story. You might say, well, what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, the Christmas story is the story of a righteous man who offered kindness, protection, and provision to a young woman in her time of need. It's what we just looked at. Except instead of Boaz, it's Joseph. I'm not going to read it all right now. We read through Matthew 1, 18 through 25. But it says in the middle of that, that Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. He was a righteous man. He put God first in his life. And we know that because he obeys everything God tells him to do. He showed kindness to Mary when he found out she was pregnant. He protected her. He planned to end the relationship quietly. He did not want her exposed to public disgrace. And then when God spoke to him through the angel, he took Mary home as his wife. And now he not only protected her, he provided for her as a husband provides for his wife. And because of Joseph's righteous actions, blessing, God's blessing through Jesus came to the whole world. The book of Ruth, it's the story of a righteous man who offered kindness, protection, and provision to a young woman in her time of need. And the Christmas story is the story of a righteous man who offered kindness, protection, and provision to a young woman in her time of need. So how do you become a righteous person? It is only through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that any of us and become righteous before God. Paul said this in the book of Philippians. He said that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. The title of today's message is A Righteous Man. Because when it comes right down to it, there is only one true righteous man, and his name is Jesus. And yet through faith in him, you too may become righteous in God's sight. So my word to you this morning is put your faith in Christ, and then through Christ may you become a righteous person who puts God first in your life, who shows kindness to others, especially the poor who encourages others in their walk with the Lord, who protects and provides. And may God use your life richly to bless others. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for Boaz. We thank you for Joseph. But most of all, we thank you for Jesus the Holy One, the Righteous One. Lord Jesus, you came and lived a perfect life and then you offered up your life for us that we might be forgiven, that we might be righteous in your sight and grow in righteousness and be a blessing to others. Lord, fulfill these words in our lives today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.